بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصبحه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome back to هدف the podcast it still sounds so weird saying that but inshallah I'll get used to it um, welcome back to the podcast um, this is a continuation this is part two of my reflections on the um, eight hour conference I attended on how to attain salam the how to attain peace and so the first part was the introduction and also my reflections on sister Naima and sister Layinka's um, talk and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them both they honestly shared such 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 beneficial knowledge and delivered it in such a beautiful way um, if you haven't listened to the first part um, part one I definitely recommend you listen to that one before um, you listen to this one uh, the ladies just shared so much, such such beneficial information, subhanAllah. So you'd be robbing yourself if you don't listen. Um, so khair, inshallah. This second part is um, Sister Dahlia's talk. And also they brought um, women from the community onto stage to share how they attained salam within their struggles. And so it was really, really nice to see their reflections as well. So without further ado, I will begin playing the second part of the podcast. Enjoy. I don't have favorites, but I absolutely love this. The next one was Sister Dahlia and about attaining spiritual peace. So Sister Dahlia, she talked about spiritual peace. And she started off by saying that we can define peace all that we want, but ultimately it is the definition of Al-Qurtubi. And he said, peace is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, peace is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> apologies. So Al-Qurtubi said that peace is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, it's such a simple sentence, but it's so loaded. And subhanallah it's like once you once again it comes back to knowing that Allah is Allah Allah is Allah and his 99 names Allah is the one that created us to worship him and he wants to give us Jannah so the fact that you're doing every single activity in your life in your day you are getting closer to Allah so you can get closer to Jannah you are recognizing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden us all more than they can bear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden someone more than they can bear and if you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can recognize that every single day and you can show up for the sake of Allah and you can have peace. And so how to attain inner peace, it starts with yaqeen, being convicted that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the hadith where it's like whatever has touched you was meant to touch you. And what you have missed was not meant for you. If the entire ummah gathered and planned to harm you, if Allah had not written it for you, then it would not happen. Similarly, if the entire ummah was together to try and to benefit you, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had not written it for it to happen, then it wouldn't. And it's like, how can I be uneasy when I know my affairs are in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And it reminds me of another hadith, I, I can't remember exactly, but it's like, it's 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 similar to this. It's like what, what was meant for you was not going to miss you and what missed you was not meant for you for example if um, something was stuck underneath the two mountains if it was meant for you it will come to you and you'll get it but if something was right between your two lips if it was not meant for you then you would not get it 
And it's like, know that everything is the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the reflection that she said is like, how can I be uneasy when I know, I know my affairs are in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so she gave us seven ways you don't attain peace, but seven ways you need to pay the price to have that inner peace. You know, you have to earn that peace. That's something, a mindset that she shifted in our brains today. You know, you don't attain this, you earn it. You pay the price to attain this inner peace. And um, number one was have absolute rida, um, acceptance of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for you. And uh, I'm, my favorite, favorite surah at the moment, forever, I think, will be Surah Al-Fajr. And it's at the end of the... Um, at the end of the surah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu Billahi Shaitan Rajeem, Ya ayyatul hal nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya fadukhuli fi ibadi wadukhuli jannati. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the righteous, O tranquil soul, return to your Lord, well pleased with him and well pleasing to him. So enter among my servants and enter amongst my paradise. Just quickly, I want to share something from this. Like when I was, you know, learning this uh, surah, what really the um, person explaining, he explained that look at the order of things. You know, what we strive for in this dunya is Jannah. We're constantly trying to get to Jannah, but it's the last thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned. First, he mentioned that tranquil soul, that that soul, that, that soul that's at peace. That's the first thing. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to the righteous here. That's the first thing that he's 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 saying. And it's like we're constantly when we're in a state of, you know, like we're constantly chasing and there's always unease and you're always uncertain, like nothing is everything is just all over the place. And we're all we all feel like that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Oh tranquil soul. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is return to Allah. We're going to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And <laughs> subhanAllah. Return to your Lord. Well pleased with him and well pleasing to him. Not only is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleased with you. But you are also pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He mentioned both. He mentioned it after you having that tranquil soul. He mentioned it after that you're, you're, you have returned back to your Lord. You're returning to your Lord. He said Allah is pleased with you and you are pleased with him and then he said enter amongst my servants come come uh, come and gather with my abds like that was before jannah the fact that we're going to be gathered with the righteous people with the servants of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're going to see musa alayhi salam we're going to be like musa like i read about you did you really you know struck the sea and you know all the firaun's uh, army was drowned we're going to meet asia Asi, we're gonna see. Asi, like, did you seriously go through that? Like, is that what Fir'aun put you through? We're gonna meet the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's like we're gonna be gathered with the righteous people, with the servants, with the abds of Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Enter my paradise." It's the fourth one. It's the fourth one that Allah subhanahu wa taala says. The fact that we're chasing this gender, but Allah subhanahu wa taala put it after. After us having a tranquil soul, after us returning to him and him being pleased with us and us being pleased with him. And after we meet his ibads and we meet with the righteous people in Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, enter my paradise. Anyways, that was a little, little off topic waffle. But 
in Surat Al-Qasas, um, Ayah 55, when um, another way to attain peace is um, leaving leaving bad talk. And um, in Ayah 55, it's, uh, they talk, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when they hear the lagu, which is like nonsense and rubbish, they distance uh, distance yourself and say to them, I have my deeds and you have yours, and say, assalamu alaikum. So the first thing that we set is boundaries. And this, um, the second one is like, you do you and I do me. And you say, assalamu alaikum. We are not the ignorant people. And so when it comes to, oh, I don't know, I can't remember exactly this point. SubhanAllah. Um, so when it comes to, you know, how the, the, to, to pay the price to attain that inner peace is to leave all that rubbish talk, whether it be yourself saying it or, um, or being in gatherings where people are comfortable by saying this stuff around you, say, assalamu alaikum, we are not of the ignorant people. Just leave it. Leave it because it's not going to benefit you in any way. And um, I think the, I wrote down, it says not, not ikhtilaf, um, but ihtilaf. I remember um, as the scholars of the time, they had differences of opinions and this boy was going to... Um, uh, this not boy, this student was gonna say, I'm gonna write this book called Ikhtilaf, which means the differences. And his teacher was like, La, don't say Ikhtilaf, say Ikhtilaf. It's the embracement. So even amongst um all the differences that we have with each other, you know, like it's it's an embracement. Like these these different madhabs are not not something that is is like to be fought against with. It's something that we should embrace and take as a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the fourth one was um, saying no to just injustice. Because in Surah Al-Asr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The first part, the The first part is that you believe and you have faith and you do your righteous deeds and that's for you. But when it comes to where the Muslims have to speak the truth regardless, regardless where it's against you. And it's with sabr. It's with establishing um, patience. So it's do not ever, ever, ever compromise your faith for nothing. You should to attain, to pay the price to attain that peace is you have to be standing up for injustice. If you're seeing injustice happening around you and you're not saying anything, that is something that will also take you away from that spiritual peace. Because even the Prophet sallallahu he said that when a believer sees wrong or injustice, he says to change it with their hand, to try and do something about it. And if you can't do that, then change it with your tongue, say something about it. And if you can't do either of that, then at least hate it in your heart. But that's the weakest form of iman. We're supposed to be standing up to injustice and we're supposed to be enjoining the good and forbidding the bad. But you cannot stay silent. As a, as a believer, you cannot stay silent. And stand up for your brother when he, um, oh, the other hadith is where the Prophet said, stand up for your brother when he is oppressed and when he is being the oppressor. And the Sahaba asked things like, Ya Rasulullah, how can we stand up for our brother when he is the one being the oppressor? And it's like by calling him out, by telling him that he is wrong. And so when you stand up for justice, it's not about the outcome. Regardless if you make a difference or not, you just do your part. And peace and justice come hand in hand. For example, with all these starving kids out there, the kids of Yemen, it's you, you, you're not expected to, to feed the millions and millions of children out there. But if you can feed one, you have to feed one. It is, it is, it's, 
it's not something someone else is going to do. It's not something that's upon someone else. As a Muslim, you have a duty and you have to do your part. And whether or not, for example, in, in a different scenario, whether or not you stand up for injustice and it you don't get the positive outcome, once again, we are not judged on our outcome, but based off what we did and our efforts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you. You have to do it regardless of the outcome because you are doing it first and foremost you're doing it for the sake of Allah so you have to do your part and you have to stand up to injustice you see those orphans out there you have to do your part you if you're listening to this podcast you have every means to help them right now and you are able to help them so do your part even if it's through a dollar like subhanallah there's so many charities out there that are doing such amazing work and all it takes for you is to go on your phone and just click a couple of buttons and there you can donate a dollar Imagine donating a dollar for the sake of Allah every single day. And once again, it comes back to intentions. You do that intention for the sake of Allah, even if it's a dollar. You don't know whose barakah he could put. He's, you don't know whose money he could put barakah in. And so peace and justice come hand in hand. Regardless of the outcome, you get up and you do your part. And the next one was detach from the dunya and its matters. The more you are here, the more like you are here mentally and the more you attached you are, the more you risk your akhirah. Recognize when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes, he gives at the same time. And do not be deceived by death. Every single soul shall taste death. Once again, if you believe in Allah and you believe in his book, you need to believe that every single soul shall taste death. And it's not a maybe, it's will like have certainty just as you're certain as you are conscious right now listening to this be that certain if not more that you will taste death and you don't know when it's going to come when you have a birthday you know when you were born just as your date of birth is written your date of death is written as well but you just don't know when and you need to reflect upon that because it's like if you were to die right now what is in your akhirah suitcase i want you to visualize we are, as we know, we are travelers. We are travelers in this dunya. We were, we were, our souls were created before we entered this dunya. And then we're going to leave this dunya as well. So we're only here for a short amount of time. We're travelers here. And so look into your akhirah suitcase. You have what is in here. For example, you have your salah. You have your fasting. You have maybe Quran once a week. And what have a look in it and say what needs to get out. What grudges do you have? What arrogance do you have? What what bad habits do you have? Maybe you're you're lazy with your salah and you're not you're not praying on time and you're missing prayers. That laziness, that heedlessness needs to get out of this akhirah suitcase that you are carrying. And you could look at what you can improve on and what could be added in. Maybe you could add in more more um sunnah prayers, you can add in more times with the Quran, you can add in more being being more forgiving you can add being more mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you can add a certain time of the week and put that time in your suitcase that this 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 little portion of the of the day of the week is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so visualize and remember that you will die <laughs> that's it like we're all gonna die and it could be tomorrow it could be next week you could lose the person you love the most in the, in any any time of the day the angel of death could be over your shoulder right now and you wouldn't even know, subhanAllah. It's like just recognize and detach yourself from this dunya because the more that you are here, the more that you risk your akhirah. It reminds me of this hadith where um, the Prophet says that if you um, chase this dunya, 
in the expense of your akhirah, not only will you lose your akhirah, but you will fail in the dunya as well. And when you, but when you chase the akhirah and, you know, and you're living your life, not chasing the dunya, but fixated towards your akhirah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the dunya line up for you. He will make, he will make the dunya easy for you. And so it's like detached from this dunya, recognize that you are a traveler. Every soul shall taste death and you do not know when that will be. And just remember, like, if I was to die right now, what would be in my akhirah suitcase? And build upon that, inshallah. Number five was revolve your every day around your purpose. And what is that purpose? To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're all busy, but what are we busy with? What percentage are we fo- is our focus of in um, on the dunya in comparison to the akhirah? And I just want you to visualize that you've got, like, imagine a timeline. And this is not to scale, of course. But you've got that little um, time where you were in the soul, um, created in the soul. Um, okay, sorry. Visualize, visualize this timeline and recognize that you were created as souls. And then you spent a half a centimeter um, in, in the womb of your mother. And then you've got this dunya. You were born into this dunya. On average, you know, say you live 100 years, 110 years, maximum, maximum, maximum. You live 100 years. So that's, say, a centimeter and a half on the timeline. And then you are, once you, you live maximum 100 years, 110 years, you die. And you go into the grave. Your grave, you're going to be in it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Some people have been in their graves for how long? So you think your time in the dunya was long? Your time in the grave is going to be it's incomparable. So you're going to be in the grave. And then judgment day is going to come. So that was like a centimeter and a half or two centimeters on your timeline of being in the grave. Then judgment day is going to come. And that is going to be 50 years. You lived in this dunya 100 and what years max? Maybe some people die at 30, 50, 70, 20, 10, 9. You're in this dunya for a short period of time. Judgment day is 50 years. Is that even comparable? You're going to be on judgment day for 50 years. And then after that, you're going to go into eternity. It's either going to be eternity of Jannah or eternity of Jahannam. And the, subhanAllah, the, the 99.9999999% of the timeline if it's going to be good or bad, is dependent on that little, little, little time we spend in this dunya. Do you really, really, really want to risk the time you spend in the grave, the torment there? Do you want Do you want the grave to be good for you or do you want your time in the grave to be horrible and painful? You really want to risk on the day of judgment. The day of judgment for the disbelievers, it will be, the day of judgment is a day where a mother will ransom her own son, uh, her own newborn just in hopes, you know, like sacrificing, subhanAllah. And you really want to spend that judgment day. You want that to be that horrible for this little time you spend in the dunya. And then there's the eternity. The eternity, I don't think we can comprehend eternity. Eternity of Jannah or eternity of Jahannam. You really, 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 really want to risk all of that just for this little time that you spend in the dunya. Revolve your day around your purpose. Remember why you are here and remember where you are going. Base your days around your salah and and establish those prayers. Number six was um, attachment to the book of Allah. 
have your Quran time every day and have your solo time every day. If you are not engaging with the Quran at some point every single day, then you're not going to attain peace. You will ne- like you you won't have it, and you just won't have any peace in your day. And the Quran is shifa. The Quran is healing. And if you're reading it and you're not feeling that you're doing, and you're feeling that you're doing a wrong, and you're not getting that healing from it, then you're taking the shifa, the medicine, in the wrong way. The example that she brought up is that there was this man that went to the doctor and he had an ear infection. And the doctor prescribed him antibiotics. And the doctor was like, okay, here it is. Um, Take this this many times a day for this long. And so the man takes it back with him. Um, He takes his antibiotics and then he goes back after the course is finished and he's like, doctor didn't do anything. And doctor's like, what do you mean? Like, did you finish it? He's like, yeah, did you take it? He's like, yeah, I took it every day. And then the doctor was like, I'm so confused then. He was like, the man was like to the doctor, I put the antibiotics in my ear every single day. I put the tablets in my ear. It's it's still not working. There's nothing wrong with the medicine. There's nothing wrong with the dosage. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the prescription. But it's how he was taking it. <laughs> you don't put antibiotic tab- tablets in your ears, if you didn't get what I was trying to say. You you know, it's, it's a tablet. You, you, you swallow it. And subhanAllah, it's like you need to read and you need to, if you want that peace through attaining it by having a relationship with the Qur'an every single day, this is only done through tadabbur, through reflecting upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's verses. And, and you know, as every single time you open the book, recognize that this is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever I'm going to read is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking to me. And this is the words of Allah. And read every ayah and let each one of it touch your heart. Don't just read for the sake of it. Don't just, for example, people that memorize for the sake of it. Is the point of the Qur'an, like, yes, it is important to memorize the Qur'an and to memorize the the the, wahi, the revelation and store it in your heart. But if you're not acting upon it, if you're not reflecting upon it, you're doing it no justice. You have the medicine, but you're taking it in the wrong way. You're neglecting it. So if you do not have that piece of the, uh, the that time with the Quran every single day, and you're not reflecting upon it, then you will not attain peace. And that's it goes exactly with solo time. You need to have some sort of solo time for you. The Prophet wasallam, when Allah subhanahu wa taala was preparing him for revelation, the Prophet um, wasallam, would spend months in the cave of Hira just reflecting upon Allah subhanahu wa taala. That solo time, it's important and you need, you you owe it to yourself. You owe it. If you want peace, you have to pay the price of giving yourself solo time. And the last one was that the word salam comes from istislam, to surrender. And the price you have to pay for peace is surrender. And the most peace that happens in your life is when you are at your lowest. Um, and it's just like, look at the prophets, alayhi salam. Look, when Yusuf, alayhi salam, was in prison. Look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was planning and providing for him. Musa alayhi salam was at the front of the sea. He's got a, a whole ocean in front of him and a whole army behind him trying to kill him. But look how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala found a way through. Ibrahim alayhi salam, he was being catapulted into the fire. The fire was that big, they couldn't even chuck him in. They had to build a catapult to fly to him. And at that point, as he is mid-air, Going into the fire, Jibreel alayhi salam, he comes and he's like, like, let me help you. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, let me help you. And then Ibrahim alayhi salam says, like, is not, not you. Hasmi Allah wa na'ma wakil. I want Allah's help. 
and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the fire cool for Ibrahim. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make a sea split for Musa, if he can make the fire cool for Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam, he can do so much for you as well. We have the same Lord these prophets had. We have the same connect, like we can call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just, just the same way they did. We have that connection to Allah. There is no middleman. And recognize that the most peace and happiness you find is when you're at your lowest point. And she mentioned an example and a story of how this lady was so, so sick in the ICU. She couldn't move her body and she was in so, 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 so much pain. And she was fixated on the pain and how slow the time was going and, and how horrible it is. But the second she, you know, was like, Ya Allah, that's it. Like At this point, I can't move my body. There's no one here. I can't speak. But I rely upon you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At that point, which was the most hardest point of this woman's life, she found the most peace there. Until this day, she has not found that same peace that she found when she was at the hardest time. And it's like the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had the death of Khadija radiallahu anh. He had the death of his son. He buried all of his kids except for one before he passed away. And he went to preach to people in Ta'if and the kids and the slaves and the women stoned him out of the town. His feet were bleeding. He was ex um, expelled out of his own home and he copped so much abuse. Just the peace that the Prophet felt at those times is something that we can reflect upon. And it's like, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. What you said at the end what really, really got to me is like, in the most painful time of my life, I felt the most peace. The most peace she felt was at the most painful point of her life. It's like, subhanAllah, she also did say, but I didn't um, write this down, going by memory. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose every single lady to be at that conference. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends messages to people, he choose, sometimes does it through people, you know, it might be through your experiences, like but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending you a message. Allah chose you to hear this message. And it is never, ever, ever, ever too late to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single heartbeat is a chance for you to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single heartbeat seeks permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as that heart is seeking permission to be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving it permission. Every single heartbeat, every single time we breathe in, our lungs are in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is allowing for more air to come in. He is allowing us to stay another second, to stay another day, to return back to him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So no matter what you have been through, regardless of what you have been through and what you have done, if you turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now, with sincere tawbah and repentance, he will forgive you. And you can be on your journey to attain that peace, paying the price to attain that peace. Leave whatever is holding you back. Detach from this dunya. As I said, you really want to risk your akhirah for this little time that we spend in this dunya. What, what are your priorities in life? Do you not forget that you're going? You're going to die. And nothing will follow you except for your deeds, both the good and the bad. And subhanAllah, as you are listening right now, as you are, as, as we were listening as well, the angels are writing. 
we are authors every single second of this day every single second of the day everything that you say everything that you do every action that you you do is being written by the angels you are writing your book and so when it comes to judgment day do you want to are you proud are you going to be one of those people that are proud and they're going to be saying look look at my book or you're going to be those people where your skin will testify against you if you say that you did not do this haram your 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 tongue will testify against you and say I, you did do it if you say that you didn't go to this place and you didn't do that your legs and your feet will testify against you it's like what's your end goal if your end goal is to be of the people of Jahannam and to be heedless and to be of those people that are going to be so stressed on judgment day and are going to have the most torment in their graves, continue with what you're doing. Best if you want that peace, if you want that Jannah, if you want to be, if you want that reassured soul, if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with you, if you want to return to Him and he, you are pleased with him and if you want to return to the righteous people and if you want to enter his jannah you want to have a cool judgment day and you want to have an easy time in the grave turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attain that peace and turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seek that his forgiveness and it's never too late the fact that you're listening to this right now means that it's not too late this message is not by coincidence. You're not hearing this by nothing in this dunya, nothing in this life is a coincidence. We don't believe in coincidence. Everything happens for a reason, and you are hearing this for a reason. And this is your sign to just turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and begin, begin paying the price to attain that peace. To the ladies. So that was those three talks um, wrapped up. Um, I think I've been waffling on for quite a long time. I don't even know how long I've been waffling for. Um, subhanallah, best. And the next uh, segment that they had was that they brought on these salam makers, um, these ladies from the community, and they shared their stories, these ladies that are like you and me. And I'm just going to go briefly over their stories. Um, and I'm just going to, um, I prefer not to say their name because I don't know, I feel like I'm not doing justice, but I want to share what I learned from their struggles and how we can also learn from their struggles to attain their peace. So the first lady, um, so she was a radiographer and um, she first started by saying, stop trying to find someone or something to blame. It's just stop looking and just recognize where you are. Once again, like subhanAllah, I don't know if you've been recognized a constant theme during these um, talks that these ladies are giving it's just about taking action and responsibility man it's like just just stop stop blaming anyone stop trying to find someone to blame and it's like what gets you through hard times is your faith and your dua and faith is not just your empty lip service and faith is like your heart your mind and your spirit have to be in sync and what gets you through hard trials is your dua and continue your duas because you never know that when, where and where the um, those prayers come from. It's like when you're going through a hard time, your circumstances change your duas. Like you are asking for one thing. So you're, yeah, Allah, let my baby walk one step. And then your baby walks and then you're like, yeah, like just another step. And then they walk two steps. It's like, yeah, Allah, let my baby you know, take a couple steps. Then, yeah, Allah, let my baby run. Yeah, Allah, let my baby be healthy. It's like you're constantly, constantly, constantly asking from Allah. And then at the end, just uh, with your du'as, ask, aim high. 
aim high. If you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one in control of your affairs and he wants the best for you, be like, Ya Allah, I'm in need of whatever good you see fit. The dua of Musa alayhi salam. Be mindful of Allah. It's a hadith Qudsi, I think. Be mindful of Allah and he will be mindful of you. Remember him and he will be by your side. Subhanallah. It's like if you are mindful of Allah, he will be mindful of you. Remember him and he will be by your side. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by your side, is there anything that you cannot do? <laughs> Subhanallah. And it's like your ibadah is your direct lifeline to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recognize that if you want any chance of success, any chance of attaining peace, it's only through your ibadah. It's only through your like your ibadah to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, it's your lifeline. Don't ever cut that off. And then the next lady was a um, a death doula. So she washes the dead. And so she's someone that deals with death every single day. And subhanAllah, what she said just deserves to be like written in gold. And she said that I learnt about Allah in the land of the dead more than I did in the land of the alive. And I was like, subhanAllah. Subhanallah, I, I don't have anything else to add on to that. It's like, you can't talk about the value of life without mentioning death. You can't mention death without mentioning time. And know that in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, certainly we shall test you with fear, loss of wealth, um, all this, I can't remember the other stuff, but to remind you, to remind you of what? That your time is running out. What is your time running out mean? Is that you will face death. So you can't talk about, you know, valuing this life and everything that happens without talking about death. And so it's like, be careful of what you place in the center of your life, as that is what most likely you will be tested with. It's kind of like, for example, if you are so fixated on your health and on your gym and on your, on your, on your sporting and all of that kind of stuff that's related to that, know that that could be, that could be your greatest test. It's like, stop obsessing balance everything balance 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 is key and once again the reward is not in the outcome of the test rather than it's in the journey and the fact is that you will be tested and the fact is that with the fact that you need to make peace with <laughs> i didn't make sense so the fact is that you will be tested that's the fact and the fact is that you need to make peace, peace with that fact Make peace with knowing that you will be tested and that once you know that you will be tested, when you're tested, it's not like, whoa, where'd this come from? Why me? Um, and anything you go through enhances the person you will be become. How to make peace with your life is remember the destroyer of desires, which is death. Your tests are once again, subhanAllah, your tests are custom made for you. So you can return back to the one who is calling you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling you through our tests. And make peace with the limits of this dunya. As the Prophet sallallahu says that this dunya is a prison for the believer. And we are spiritual beings. We, we, we long for Jannah. We long for eternity. And you'll never ever find it in this dunya. So it's like your family. Three things that follow you to the grave. Only one thing remains. So your family follow you to the grave, your wealth follows you to the grave, and your good deeds follow you to the grave. But the only thing that will 
you will take with you and that will not leave you. Your family will leave you. Your wealth will leave you. And subhanAllah, it's usually those two things that people fight about. Um, if you are of any Middle Eastern background, I'm sure that you would have experienced some sort of family feud over a, a piece of land back home. That's subhanAllah, alhamdulillah. So your family will leave you. Your wealth will leave you. But only your good deeds will follow you. So if that's the only thing that is following you and not leaving you at the grave, should that not be something that you should be fixated upon? And she mentioned that an average time a grave is visited after death is five years. So after you die, like your name goes away as well. Like when they say bring the body, they say bring the de like bring the dead body. It's not, hey, bring Raz, let's wash her. It's like La your name is gone. You are ridden of your name. You have that your, your identity is no more. You merely become a memory and everyone eventually in some way moves on. Because this dunya is temporary, everyone is going to die. I don't think we recognize that as you're having that argument with that person, be like, do I want this to be the last thing that comes out of my mouth? When I'm raised on the day of resurrection, do I want the last thing I did in this dunya to, be, to, to say this? if you remember the destroyer of desires you remember death you will live then you will live life to the fullest then you will live in complete freedom and so the third thing was make peace with the fact that your time is dying out every second yes is a chance for you to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but every second is another second closer to your death make peace with the fact that your time is dying out Make your time work for you and not against you. She mentioned a research um, study where uh, someone that lives up to, I don't know, the average lifespan, um, born in this generation, in this era, on average, he would have spent 36 years on behind a screen. 36, all that time accumulated equals to 36 years. And I guarantee you all 36 of, year, of those years were not tasbih, so astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah on your phone. How much time did you waste? And not just waste, but how much haram and filth did you consume? And did you spread? And did you take in? Make your time work for you and not against you. Detach from the things that tie you down in this dunya. And it doesn't mean that you don't love, but remember that nothing is promised. And always remember, inna lillahi wa ilayhi raji'un. Indeed, we belong to Allah and indeed we will return to him. And also leave a legacy behind. Leave a legacy. Engage in sadaqah, sadaqa, engage in charity. Leave this world with a legacy behind. Sadaqah jariyah is one of the three things that continue to give you continuous reward. Once you have once you have left this earth, even after when you are not here, when you are not engaging in it, it's you're still getting the rewards of your sadaqah. And same as beneficial knowledge. Teach someone something. For example, something I'm encouraging the people around me to do is get up and go and be a scripture teacher. These preschool, kindergarten, year two, year three kids at school, they don't even know la ilaha illallah. Can you imagine the rewards if you go to scripture and you teach a kid how to say the fatiha? Until they die, inshallah, if you did it with the pure intention, you will get rewarded for every single time they say the Fatiha. And that's in, in every sense, once again, recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you with your skill set. And he's created you knowing that you have the abilities to be what you need to be.
He's giving you the skill set to get through your tests and he's also giving you the skill set to thrive and to be useful for his deen. So leave your legacy behind. And another lady, she shared her story and it was, um, she she let us know that behind every smile is 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 the story and is a struggle. And if you look around, you might think that because you're the only person in your own head, you might think that you're the only one going through what you're going through and no one else is going through a test. But remember that you are never alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always with you and you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. So get back up and get back up and fulfill that purpose. The next lady was talking about how building your bubble of peace you know, having, establishing that bubble and and letting yourself know that, you know, set, setting boundaries of like, okay, my loved ones are allowed in my bubble. Negative thoughts, as soon as they come into my bubble, they don't thrive in my bubble. My bubble is a bubble of peace. So these negative thoughts die out and they're not allowed to stay in. And you need to, you need to have tawakkul. You need to speak to yourself and you, the way you speak to yourself, speak to yourself the way as you would speak to a sister in hardship. Be kind to yourself. The advice that you would give to someone else, most of the time someone that you don't even know, is so much nicer than what you would give yourself. Be kind to yourself and speak to yourself. Don't be afraid to ask those around you for help. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have made them a means. They have, you know, first of all, you rely upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you also accept and seek the help around you and make dua, make dua, make dua, make dua, specifically istikhara and qiyam al-layl. Our deen has all the answers and people will forget, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never forget. Once again, everything will, will be rewarded and it will all be recom recompensated. And there was another sister that spoke, um, subhanAllah, at the, oh, by the end of it, there was a panel. These ladies were speaking and answering questions and I had a, I, I stole a kid. So the kid was sleeping in my arms, so I didn't write. I just listened and Allahumma barak. May Allah reward these other ladies as well. And I just think it's so beautiful that I was like learning from these people. And I'm so thankful for today, alhamdulillah, which is why like, when I'm, when I'm thankful for something and it's something good, I got that good. I want to share that good. So inshallah, you guys will take, a, even though it's a wash down and I did no justice to what these people were saying. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them, honestly. Um, and this other lady, she was like, once again, every step of your life is a pathway to your best self. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has anchored us with the Quran. The way we are anchored in this dunya is through the Quran. You have no Quran, you have no anchor. You are completely lost and you will be tested with, with doubt, even when you are firm in your deen. Something that she also mentioned is that we talk about, you know, non-Muslims coming to Islam, but we also need to talk about the Muslims, that the, the, the people that are born into Islam, but they don't really grasp Islam and then they come back to Islam. I'm a firm believer of every single person born Muslim or non-born Muslim should convert to Islam at some point in their life. And what I mean by that is, yes, we've been given this gift and alhamdulillah, we've grown up and we haven't spent a second in disbelief of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we haven't associated partners with him. Alhamdulillah, we do not have that on our records and we haven't grown up in that in that sense. You know, the reverts, their, their sins are forgiven. But we need to recognize, alhamdulillah, that we have grown up and we have believed in la ilaha illallah, at least here. And so recognizing that um, every Muslim needs to convert back to Islam. 
you need to find Islam and you need to accept it. Not because your parents told you, not because, you know, you go to Sunday school. You yourself need to have that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you yourself need to be actively trying to go back to him. And so, you know, often kids growing up, they have these doubts there where it's like, you know, they ask these questions and then they're like, okay, yep, that's the shaitan straight away. Or, you know, you shouldn't be asking those questions. That's bad. Or, I don't know, be quiet. Don't ask those questions. It's like, um, she said something beautiful. It's like, uh, you will be tested with with um, doubt even if you are firm on your deen. And that is important to identify so you can use it to strengthen your iman. Take this as an invitation to seek knowledge, to get back closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And and recognize that if the faith wasn't important, then it wouldn't bother you, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't be thinking about it. But use it to strengthen your deen and take it as your invitation to seek knowledge, as your invitation to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once again, it's recognizing everything and coming back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through it. And just an activity that um Sister Dahlia um did for us is that so she has spoken to lots of um people and heard about their problems and she categorized them um generally in ten. And so out of the ten was physical illness, mental illness, injustice, relationship, um, you know, injustice harmed by others, relationships, whether it be with your spouse, parents, children, um, financial um the trials, you know, poverty, expenses, death, no work, disasters, natural floods, panda pan, pan pandemic, pandemic, human war, refugees. Um, daily demands like work, studies, housework, raising a family, lack of clarity um, and life tools, you know, struggling with decision making, feelings of lack, emptiness, unhealthy habits, time wasting, and then addiction, whether it be phone, drugs, alcohol, games, shopping, any form of addiction, and 10 was the loss of any form, death, a homeland, friends, pet. So she categorized um, the these trials into 10. And what we had to do was we had to um, find a percentage, not find a percentage. So out of these 10, these 10 had to, um, we had to allocate a percentage to it with what we're facing with the most. And this percentage had to add up to 100%. So maybe my test right now would be if I'm going through some sort of health issue, my test, my trials right now that I'm currently facing would be 50% health and maybe 10% mental, maybe I'm not having any relationship and financial and disasters and and addiction um, uh, struggles, so they're all 0%. So I fill up that 100% with what is what with what I'm currently facing right now. And what the other sister mentioned is said she said that when looking at the ones that apply to you, also look at the ones that don't apply to you. So subhanAllah, we're focused on, oh yeah, my health is so bad and blah, blah, blah. And okay, no, no relationship, no financial, no, no disaster. It's like, wait, recognize, say, Alhamdulillah, I don't have relationship problems. Alhamdulillah, I don't have financial problems. Recognize the problems that you don't have as well. And recognize the blessings that you have, not just fixating on what you don't have. And what's also beautiful is that every single lady in the room filled this out. And every single lady allocated a number of percentages to each trial. Um, and everyone ended up with 100%. And that was really beautiful to see that regardless of how many you have, maybe you have 
one that's one completely maybe you might have it all your percentage like your your numbers scattered throughout your 10 percent for every single thing you might have two things but regardless of how many you have everyone ends up with 100 percent. everyone ends up with their own trial and subhanallah there was a lot more but i just wanted to recap eight hours of a conference and what i took away from it into this little podcast and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward all the ladies that shared and all the ladies that um that decided to speak and organize this and the volunteers and everything and it was really beautiful to see because every single lady that we learned from was someone that went through something that looking from the outside I don't think I could ever deal with it but look at how they've come out of it. And every single one of them, if they were asked and when they were asked, would you go back, not go through it and, and you know, have a different route? They were like, no, I am here because of my struggle. I am here because of what I went through. I am here because of that pain and because of that trial and because of that tribulation. It is it is, it is, is who we are. And subhanAllah, I... I I I came I finished the um conference and you know got home at um it was nine to uh, nine to five I came home at six o'clock and I subhanallah I couldn't do anything but like look at the stars or something you know what I mean like I couldn't I couldn't move on from it without you know going through it again and it's like when I'm studying if I'm teaching someone it it helps me remember so you know you're helping me and I'm helping you so it's like help me help you you help me I help you inshallah um but yeah that's 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 the um that's what I got from it and something that I've done is I've reflected upon what I've learned and sister Dalia Ayub if I could take one thing from her would be to reflect to reflect upon everything on life like she taught us upon you know reflecting upon the Quran tadabbur and you know reading the Quran but while reflecting but she also gave us that tool that we reflect in every aspect of our life once again, recognize that nothing is a coincidence. When something happens, recognize how and why did that happen. And being thankful to, uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's something I will take from her and hold dearly in my heart, inshallah. And all the sisters were absolutely beautiful. But something that was so, so reoccurring was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you. First and foremost, handpicked to hear this message and to hear this reminder. And take this as your invitation to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And take this as your invitation to become a better person, you know. And and, and take it easy, man. Like the, the, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that the most beloved deeds to Allah are the small and consistent ones. Not the big one off ones. Shaitan will come and tell you to be like, okay, from now on you're going to do this. You're going to change in this way. You're going to be better in this way. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. That shaitan is telling you to do more, be better. But take it easy, take it easy, step by step. You know, if you want, if something, for example, your goal is to read more Quran in a day, shaitan will come and tell you and be like, okay, you know what, you have to spend three hours today, spend one hour here, one hour here, one hour here. And you're going from not reading the Quran like on a weekly basis to reading the Quran three hours a day, you're going to give up in the next couple of days. Inshallah, you are successful, but you will give up. So start off with a page, start off with a page a day. Or start off with an ayah. If you take an ayah and you seriously reflect upon it and implement it in your life, just watch your life change. Wallahi, watch your life change. So the constant theme that they reminded us for is that you are your struggles are handpicked for you. Your test is handpicked for you. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has handpicked the tools and he has given you the means to not only survive, but to thrive. Recognize that. Detach yourself from this dunya. Remember your akhirah. Remember your death and engage, engage, engage in good deeds. Seek lots of forgiveness and remember your ibadah is the lifelong connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recognize your humanity and be proud of the times that you show up. Be proud that you wake up. Be proud that you pray. Like they're not small things. Be thankful. Show gratitude. Be thankful for the deen of Islam. You are a Muslim. All the people in the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose you to be a Muslim. So be thankful to that and recognize on your blessings. Do not focus on all the problems that you have because wallahi, you have more. You wouldn't be able to count the blessings. If one cell in your body was to stop working, your whole body would be at a fault. And that's just one cell of a blessing. That's just one blessing, which is a cell. You will not be able to count the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So every single day recognize it. If you if you find one fault and if you find one hardship, you will easily be able to count 10 other blessings without even trying. So it's recognize that with hardship is ease. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden a soul more than they can bear. If you believe in Allah and if you believe in the Quran and that the Quran is the words of Allah, you need to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden a soul more than they can bear and that with hardship comes ease. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you and he is choosing your tests for you so you can get closer to him. And he loves you and he wants to raise you in ranks and he wants to be the he wants to call you and he wants to say, O oh, tranquil soul, return back to me pleased with me and I am pleased with you enter amongst my servants and enter into Jannah because that is the end destination that we should all be striving striving for have a Jannah mindset focus on your akhirah and your dunya will fall into place but if you fall if you focus on the dunya you will lose your akhirah and you'll you will lose this dunya I have so much love for the ladies. I have so much love for sisterhood. Alhamdulillah for Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of people who return back to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of people who constantly seek forgiveness of him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reunite us in Jannah. May he make us act upon the reminders that we get. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us for his deen and may he bring us closer to his faith. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us become the people of the Quran and help us establish a relationship with the Quran that is becoming better day by day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all and alhamdulillah for Islam, alhamdulillah for Islam. Subhanakallahi wa bihamdik wa ashadu la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.